Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 21 Minutes or Less podcast. I'm Keisha Milana. And I am Nakia Smith. And today we are actually talking about grief. So we want to help you all who may have lost someone over the holidays or may have or who may have struggled over the holidays to deal with grief, to be able to get some comfort and just to get some techniques or strategies that might be able to help you deal with it. Um, and so I started off by researching um, just from the American Red Cross, who is great at like disaster responses and helping people deal with grief and loss and disaster recovery. And they talked about how you can have a bunch of different responses to grief, but the most common one is an emotional response. And so that's literally just feeling drained mentally, physically. Um, It might be having difficulty making decisions or staying focused, or it might be becoming easily frustrated um, more frequently than you normally do. And so me personally, when I'm experiencing grief, I definitely like isolate and you know, avoid the actual emotional experience for a while, which isn't always good. But I definitely don't like to be a lot around a lot of people when I'm grieving. I feel like I'm being fake or I have to put on a front. But when I'm by myself, I feel like I can just more so release my crying. I can just kind of be down. I don't have to talk to people. I feel like it's a lot of pressure when you have to talk to people when you're grieving because that's nine times out of ten what you don't want. Okay, guys. So if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. You know, first of all, it's free. Y'all know I love some free stuff. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Like, it's super amazing. I love it. It's been very beneficial for me. So make sure y'all download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable just by the way that I'm grieving because I don't want to talk to them. So I like to be alone. But the flip side to that is that you can definitely be more prone to depression. So it's not always a good thing to be alone when you're grieving. So I think it just depends on, you know, how you deal with being alone and what you're doing. I'm not necessarily sitting there crying all day, but I might journal to get my feelings out. I might cry for a second. Um, I might like binge watch movies or something, but it's pretty much to distract me from whatever I'm grieving. And that's super important to be able to not have me so focused on it so much. Yeah, I can totally relate to the isolating part. I kind of do that anyway. I'm a a loner. (laughs) I prefer to be alone. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but especially if I'm feeling any type of emotion or any type of anger or grief, I am going to go and be by myself. Um, I used to be the person that didn't like to cry. 
I don't know why, but I just would never. If something like hurt me, I just wouldn't cry. But you know that's not healthy. We are human, and then crying is a way to release, you know, any pain or sadness or grief that you may be feeling, and to hold that inside was. I was noticing that it was doing more harm than good. So now if I feel the need to cry, I do it unapologetically. And I allow myself to go through that emotion. So, yeah, that's how I deal with grief. Um, I'm trying to get better, especially through therapy. A lot of things that I have brushed under the rug over the years didn't do anything but continue to pile. So in order to get to where I want to go, whether that goes for career, education, relationships, and life in general, I realized that I had to deal with some of those things because it was preventing me from progressing and moving forward so with counseling I am able to unpack some of those traumas triggers losses and grief um that I've been avoiding so yeah yes and I'm I love that you talked about avoiding the grief because in the five stages of grief Denial is actually the first stage. So a lot of times people don't accept it that maybe a loved one is gone or like I know, for instance, like you'll see on um, TV shows or movies where they tell someone like, hey, your loved one is gone. And they like, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Like people don't normally want to, to believe it until they see it. And then a lot of times that's when like when you do get the word that someone has passed or something like that, you don't believe it until you see them at the funeral. Like, you're Mm -hmm. in denial until you see it for yourself. And it just, you know, it's a stage of grief, and it's also just human tendency to not believe stuff until we see it. So after the denial, that's when a lot of people go into anger, and that's when they'll feel like, OMG, I wish I could have done something to stop it, or they're just mad, like, why God? Things like that. And then they go into bargaining and that's when they're like finally starting to realize like, hey, they are, they are dead. And they might be like, well, why not me? Or OMG, it's all these other people that's bad in the world. Like they're trying to bargain the grief that they just lost. And then that's when depression hits. That's the fourth stage of grief. So depression, that's when you start to get isolated. You start to get down. You start to, you know, start avoiding um, healthy hygiene, things of that nature. It's just where, you know, you don't want to talk to people. You pretty much just want to deal with it on your own. A lot of times people during this stage might turn to like alcohol or drugs or whatever, you know, their coping mechanism is to deal with the grief and the depression. And then after depression is acceptance. So that's when you know, it's finally starting to seep in, like, hey, this person is gone, whether it's dead or, like, a divorce or anything, you know, these steps are still the stages of grief, regardless, and so with acceptance, I feel like 
this is the stage where people think, oh, this is the stage I'm aiming for. This is the stage I'm aiming for. Not realizing that they can go back and go back into depression and go back into anger. And, you know, hopefully they don't go back into denial. But you definitely can go back into anger and depression before acceptance or after you've accepted it. And maybe it's the anniversary of that, whatever you're grieving. You can go back into depression um, so it's really important to consistently monitor yourself when you're dealing with grief um, for a while, because it might not be just a month or two months or a few months. It might take years to get to that acceptance phase. And you never know how long the depression period will last either. So it's super important that, you know, people actually monitor themselves. And, you know, you definitely do want other people in your social circle to monitor you as well if you're having a difficult situation you're going through right (sighs) yeah you talking about those things can definitely be triggering um for our listeners so what are some tips that they can utilize to you know deal with listening to an episode like this that may trigger something. I'm glad you asked me that. So the first thing is to make sure you take care of your safety, um, making sure your own physical health needs and those of your family are being addressed. Um, a lot of people can turn to like cutting or maybe not eating or hydrating themselves well. So it's important to just start there, making sure you're actually eating actually drinking enough water, getting enough rest, um, making sure, you know, you're not cutting yourself, harming yourself in any type of way. Then you want to also limit the exposure to the sights and sounds that might trigger you from the grief. So for instance, if you're going through a divorce, maybe you want to take some of those pictures down from around the house, you know, just to not be a constant reminder, or maybe you want to avoid the song that was y'all's song, you know? Um, that can definitely help a little bit. It's a little bit difficult sometimes with social media because you never know what someone's going to post that may trigger you or make you think about what you're grieving. So just limit exposure to media in general, sound, sights, whatever might trigger you. Um, make sure you're eating healthy and make sure, you know, you keeping a balanced diet because when we stressed, we can tend to not just under eat, but also overeat and try to eat our emotions so it's super important to make sure that you are drinking plenty of water again and remaining with the balanced diet because a lot of times people when they're grieving they'll overeat then they'll be you know depressed and then that'll cause them to overeat and then they're overeating and then that's leading them to more depression because now their self-esteem isn't as high as it once was and they're looking in you know at themselves like wow I'm doing this to myself and you're just pretty much self-sabotaging you also want to make sure you get enough sleep um it may be difficult but you know you can always take sleep aids if you need them or some melatonin which is a natural supplement but you definitely got to get you some rest um so you can be rejuvenated each day and you want to stay connected to your family and friends that's huge like we talked about in the beginning Because a lot of times with depression, that's when it starts, when you're alone. Like, most people's depression isn't starting when they're around a bunch of people. So even if you just have, like, one or two friends that you can call and count on, 
And even if you're not around them, make sure you stay FaceTiming, texting, emailing, whatever you need to do to stay in contact with them. Um, also set priorities. At the, at, you also need to make sure that you set priorities specifically for like a death in the family or a death of a close relative or friend because you have to set priorities for not just yourself but also for the whole establishment of the funeral or the celebration of life or whatever um, it may be for your family and you have to make sure you do that while still grieving and making sure you know after all of that's done you're still taking care of yourself and that can be really really um, difficult to do especially if you've never done it before so make sure that you set in deadlines and priorities because it can be a very strenuous time and you can start to forget a lot of things and then the last thing is to stay as positive as possible and just constantly remind yourself of how you've gotten through other difficult times in the past and just make sure you reach out for support when you aren't feeling so positive so that someone else can maybe help you and give you some positivity and some light. Like we were just talking about, energy is transferred. So if you're not feeling so well, call someone who might be able to give you some of their positivity. So if you are grieving, make sure you just take it one day at a time and make sure you know you don't isolate yourself because that's ultimately going to cause you more stress and more grief. So if you need more grief tips, make sure you hit us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 21 Minutes or Less. You can go to our YouTube and type in 21 Minutes or Less podcast. And you can also follow our personal pages. Mine is at Keisha Malone. And mine is at Miss Butterfly 21 M-I-S-S. All right. And we'll see y'all in the next episode. All right. Bye. Bye.